Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Wednesday, April 3rd, 2019. We are rolling along in April. It's still kind of cooler than normal here in California, but, you know, everything is relatively speaking. But I did want to say today is Relationship Wednesday, and I wanted to talk about the power of healing. When we ask the question, ask Nadia, what would you ask me? If, you know, we could, what other topics do you want to hear about? One of them was just about healing, just simple, good old-fashioned, how can I make the life I'm already living? Because when things are okay with you, and then that extends to you and your partner, everything else is doable. Life is doable in a different way. But how can a couple heal through each other in healthy ways? Like, how can that happen? Because we're so used to looking at healing as like big breakthroughs and, you know, oh my gosh, now I get it and all of that. But there are ways to incorporate healing into our behavior to where every day it's a part of our day. It's a part of our life. It's knowing we're going to get through it. It's a matter of time. And even that, just knowing you're going to get to the other side of something, even though you're not there yet today, but you're on your way to it, is healing. Because then you have trust, you have safety, you feel okay. But how? And so when I wrote, it can happen, you can heal through your issues in a relationship without focusing on the issues that could easily be constant and overpower the relationship. But you don't need to baby it. You don't need to be, you don't need to take it out on someone. Because the underlining issues that actually cause the issues that make us feel like we are in a position where we have to heal away from anger or something else we're feeling is stability. It's feeling stability and feeling safe. And when you feel stability and safety, that is actually Be there no matter what, not until you get mad, not until you do something they don't like, but that just will be there. Start to build a foundation of acceptance. And when you feel that acceptance, you start to feel like you can talk about things. And when you feel you can talk about things, you start to feel like you're getting closer to the truth. And the closer we get to the truth, we start to heal. When I first saw Christ told me, well, you know, you're going to be healing people. I'm like, who am I going to be healing? How? What kind of power 
any of us have to heal someone. And at first I thought of those physical healings that we used to see on TV in the 70s and 80s where, you know, someone puts their hand on someone's head and they get up out of a wheelchair and all of that because it was a parody of itself. But he said, no. Healing is when we know the truth. Whatever it is, once we get to the truth of it, we heal. What happens when we tell the truth? We self-align. We gain respect for the other person and ourselves. We trust our surroundings. And we have the information we need to create new routes and new roads. That's how powerful the truth is. And that is the glue of any relationship. Over and above love. That's why Christ starts with truth, then love, then purity. You have to have truth for the love you feel for someone to survive. Doesn't mean the love will go away. You may love them for the rest of your life. But if there is no truth going on between the two souls, there is no relationship ultimately because neither soul will have anything to hold on to. If one cannot feel comfortable to tell the truth, intimate, emotional, intimate, block. If the other one gets tired of accepting the lies, they're fighting an uphill battle and they can't actually change the other person. They may go talk to them and then the other person starts fighting back and fighting for the lie instead of the relationship. And then boom. Don't be surprised that over time, both souls will feel worn out. And whether they physically separate or not, they definitely will mentally separate because there's nothing to exchange energy with. And when we don't have any energy to exchange, we no longer can survive whatever surroundings we're in because there's no excitement or motivation to face something. Tell me about healing in every day. And I really loved what he said. It was so cool. The first thing he said was don't baby the wounds. Don't treat the other person like they are, I want to say like a baby, but I get what Christ is saying because I even put babied up there that, you know, they don't have to be babied. But he said, don't baby the wound. Don't talk around it. Don't pretend that it was such a big traumatic event that now I have to respond like, oh, I can't do that because she had a bad experience or he had a bad counter or whatever it was. Talk about it. Hey, you know what? Your parents were alcoholics. They beat you. This happened. You were violated. Whatever it was. Be action-oriented instead of taking it and, I want to say, giving it like a this weird monument-type status in your relationship. But don't baby the wounds. Talk about it as objectively as you can. Like, hey, I know that hurt you. I know it's going to take you time 
to trust and reestablish trust, but let's start with our relationship being a safe zone. Each other, we can hear each other, we can accept each other, we wait until the other one finishes talking. If you ever just need to talk, let me know what you need from me when you come to me. So let's say you do have a big, a big hurt in your heart. And it, it all revolves around trust because every time we're violated in any way or we believe we're violated in any way, it shakes our trust in the world and we feel isolated in our pain. So give the person a great foundation to say, hey, I will be here anytime you need to talk. Tell me what you need from me. Do you just want me to listen? Is it okay if I contribute to the conversation? during that time and have this one little rule that it's not what you talk about all the time. It's not what keeps coming up in conversation because if that is the case, then we need to intervene in other ways if you can't get away from it, if it's running your life. But if we say, hey, you know what? Our weeks are busy. We can be These two people that create an objective atmosphere, meaning, hey, you know what? That's part of our lives. We're working on it. We'll talk about it from time to time. We'll see if we grow through it, if we get to the other side of it. But let's let's treat it as what it is. It's a growth spurt in your life. And let's see where it takes you. Let's see how you heal. Because once you start talking to an issue, not to each other, talking to an issue like that, it strips it of the ego-based qualities that scream for attention. Like, well, you're not okay. This happened to you. Well, you could never be okay. This happened to you. You could never get that job. This happened to you. You could never have real love. This happened to you. And it just goes on and on and on. But when you stare back at it, and you don't baby it, and you don't go under it. You kind of climb over the issue. Now the issue has that face because you're over it to rise and to heal you, which is the whole point of every issue we have, is to heal challenges, what we call problems. They are not destinations. Know the difference between a destination and something that's teaching us. What is the difference between destinations and teaching tools? Teaching tools are temporary events. Otherwise, they wouldn't be teaching. Anything we learn is temporary because once we learn it, the actual issue fades to black. It goes away. And then later on, you go, wow, that was really a tough period in my life. But, man, I got through that. That's a teaching tool. A destination is something you keep with you for the rest of your life, or at least want to. So if you're in a relationship, you've arrived. That's your destination. If you choose a job, that's a destination. Even though you may change that job, you will always want a job. You'll always want to do something, go out of your everyday life and create a job that you love that becomes part of your life. Having children, that's forever in our life. 
a home. That's a destination. So destinations are the more permanent, longer-lasting type things in our life that we are going to be part of on a daily basis. Teaching tools will come and go. And just to know the difference between the two, that I'm not going to blow apart the whole destination over a teaching tool. I'm going to face the teaching tool and give it an objective look from my heart to say, hey, you know what? I know you're there. I know you need my attention, and I'm going to give you my attention. I'm really glad this happened to me because it made me aware of needing to pay attention to my emotional self which is the whole point of every challenge we have. How do we feel about it? How will we solve it? What does that say about us? So in a relationship, if you don't baby the wound, you know the difference between a teaching tool and a destination. Sometimes, and this is, this is an interesting one, when people first meet and they want it to be a destination, But then they find out it's a teaching tool, like, oh, I just had to be reminded of, you know, the kind of people I attract myself to or, you know, the kind of people that I bring into my life or even that I've outgrown a mindset, a certain mindset of people where maybe at some point in your life you were really good at bringing in broken wings and you loved taking them and giving them flight. And then maybe you go through a period in your life where you don't date for a while, start dating again, and you honestly don't know what kind of person to date. So you go to the old template, but you're a new person. So you get there and you're like, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right. Nothing to do with the person. It's that you outgrew that personality, but because you didn't date, you went back to where you were when you were dating, and now you're realizing, hey, wait a minute, I've really changed. Holy cow. That's a teaching tool, not a destination. The trick is with relationships, though, if we want it to be a destination and we're determined to make it a destination, what happens in our minds is, We try to fix it. Then we ignore all the instinctive warning signs. We ignore the red flags. We ignore the white flags. We ignore every flag in front of us because, darn it, we're going to make it work. It's what we do. But then we learn. So once we get to a destination and we are a couple, we don't baby the wounds between us, and we look at them in an objective way where we create objectivity around it, we take away the isolation that issues put us in. And when we remove that isolation, we are ready to heal. And it'll happen in the coolest ways. It'll be like you're standing there doing the dishes, and you'll look around, and you'll take a deep breath, and you'll go, you know, I actually feel okay. I feel pretty good. That, that whatever happened to me in my life, that, that's actually really gone. I don't even think about it the same anymore. And that's where you start healing. Because the two of you created a sanctuary type of atmosphere 
in your home that gives you the space to heal. The only other thing Christ said about it was, don't over-focus on it. So not only do you not baby it and create objectivity around it, let it go. Because when we let something go is when we can see it. We cannot see anything. We over-focus on I know that sounds weird because you're like, but we're over-focused on it. Of course we could see it. But when we are over-focused on something, it's usually based in the fact that we're for an issue. And the only way we can see an issue is to let go of it, where it becomes objective, where we don't feel like, oh, my God, if this doesn't happen, I'll just die. You won't die. We die when we can't let it go. We don't die when we let it go. And the focus, if there is a focus, without over-focusing and obsessing, is to just say, get over this. Give me the tools to see why. Never give up on those things, but ask for what you need. We can't say, God, I need you to fix this. God, why is this happening to me? Because then he's going to give you experiences to show you why, and we're going to ignore them because we're going to think, well, now why is that happening to me? And now why is that happening to me? We don't know who to blame. Knowing what to ask for in a relationship, knowing what's feasible between two people, even in our relationship with God, what we ask for, you can't walk into a relationship and expect the other person to fix you because they can't fix you. They can support you. They can stand alongside you, but they cannot fix you. That's an internal decision each one of us has. So the way to continue to have a healing atmosphere between each other is to build a support system in the relationship that will allow challenges to come and go through that support system, through that funnel, through that environment. You know, no matter what the two of you face, past, present, or future, you have a place to come in, to talk, to evaluate, to throw out, to keep, whatever it is you're ready to throw out and keep on that particular day. If you look at a relationship and at at your life as as a whole, we are just living, breathing organisms, every single one of us. And every day we don't wake up the same. We change a little bit every day. We're aging. Our house kind of looks the same. Some days a little messier than others. Some days a little more organized than others. Some days with more energy than other days. But to accept that all of this is part of life doesn't throw you off every day. Instead of waking up and going, well, I don't feel that great today. I'm just going to have a bad day. I feel great today. I'm going to take advantage of myself. But you could just say, hey, this is what I get today. This is 
who I am today. I'm who I need to be to face the circumstances that I have. I already have the tools to face anything that comes up today. Because once you do that, what, you did, what you've just done is you've put life on notice to the point that you're saying, hey, you know what? I'm aware of what's going on around me. I understand that if I keep my balance and I don't fly off the handle one way or the other about anything that comes up because I know I can handle it, that gives me space to do the things that I want to and love to do in my life. Instead of us leading with everything that doesn't work, seeing the world as a place that works. And when we see the world as a place that works, through the foundation we set up in our home as a couple, now we can get creative. Hey, I want to try this. I want to plant a garden. I want to start painting. I want to go on a trip. I want to start writing. We start doing the stuff that's outside of ourselves that we create and we bring into our orbit a world that we really enjoy. Because once you balance that healing mechanism in your life and then somebody where you look at that healing as a way to give your relationship a foundation, now you can springboard from there. When you don't focus on the things that take away, the things that are available start showing up. And sometimes people initially don't even know what their interests are. They don't even know. And they start to discover, wow, I really like that. I can't believe I enjoy cooking. I couldn't even fry an egg. Now I'm creating these dishes. Holy cow. And now I don't have to go out to get everything I want to eat. I can actually make it. And it tastes better. And I can't believe I made it. And you get excited and you start inviting friends over and you want to cook for everybody. And all these things started because you were able to step out of the isolation that ego can easily take over. You may like music. You may want to take singing lessons. You may find out you can actually sing. But all of these little things that start to invigorate us start feeling possible because we've taken care. We didn't go in and fix every problem and we're waiting all our lives to fix every problem before we can go on. We learned a working, living, breathing, loving, healthy, stable, balanced, aligned, self-respected to ourselves organism. Just the awareness that you can heal concurrently with life. You don't have to heal first and then live. Allows the relationship to the relationship to base itself on taking care of the two souls in it. Providing care to both souls in it. And when both souls feel cared for, feel a net of safety beneath them, 
through each other, with each other, knowing that the two of you were able to create this atmosphere makes that couple feel pretty darn powerful in everything else they do. Because you come to each other from a place of confidence that you trust the other person completely. You don't feel like you have to do everything for them because now we're off balance, we're off kilter, and one person's going to wear out, and the other person is not going to even know how much and what you've done in a weird way. Doing everything for someone, promising someone that they will never hurt again, and all of that is, in my mind now, an archaic way of living. Even the relationships we have with our children shouldn't be fear-based around any potential problems that we could have. What it should be is that we create a healing atmosphere that whatever we face, whatever we do, why we do it, how we do it, is really what's important. And then whatever comes up, because Stuff is going to come up. We can plug it in. We can look at it. We can create new routes. We can create new roads. We can face it with honor. We understand that there's going to be respect on both sides of the coin. We balance and we say, oh, wow, let's take a look at this. And you look at it that way, like, well, this will work for me here, but it won't work for me there. So what can we do about the part that doesn't work? How can we face the part that isn't working? This little subtle attention, subtle awareness, instead of needing to do a show about how to overcome the argument, it is possible. It is possible because I, I've done it and I'm doing it with my family, with my children, with my brothers and sisters, with everybody that is in my life on a daily basis, created that place where we can trust and heal. And we don't need to fight about anything. And life is actually more exciting without it. Sometimes when we're hurting, we get a rise out of the fight. We need the fight. But there is, when Christ said, the other side of love, that is far more exciting. The rise from it is way bigger. Even when something you wish to God doesn't happen and you try to stop it and you give it your best, and then it happens. You don't fall apart. You already in your mind know that if that didn't happen, that means something bigger is behind it may not know what that is. We don't have to have the answers. All we have to have is the method. All we need is the method, not the madness. So how can a couple heal? Build the system, build the way of communication, build the foundation of how that's going to look, Balance your life with different components, not just one way three. And you will have a basis to draw from no matter what 
comes and goes in the relationship. That stability creates acceptance, creates talking about it, brings you to the truth, which gives you safety. And understand what issues are a teaching tool and which ones are destinations. You guys, it works in every part of our lives, every single part of our lives, but it shows up most in the relationships we have because we're there every single day. You guys have a great Wednesday. I will see you on Dream Theme Thursday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.